It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey, everyone, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I'm your host, Jay Shear, and I am thrilled to be joined in the studio today by my special guest, Howard Holly. Howard is a husband, father, a grandfather, and a great-grandfather. He's the co-founder and chairman of Touchpoint Innovative Solutions, which is a communications, marketing, and media firm that publishes Evolve Magazine and Parent Magazines Florida. He's a former senior VP and GM at Xerox, and like me, he is a lover of smooth jazz. <laughs> Howard Holly, welcome. It is so great to see you. Thank you for being here today. As they always say, Jay, it's good to be seen. Absolutely. <laughs> and for all of you that are listening right now, you can already tell this man has got the voice. So, so these am, are competing voices, I think. Right? How about that? Well, you're not <laughs> going to catch me singing, but we might get Howard to sing. We'll see how things go along here. So first of all, again, Howard, thank you so much for joining Glad to me. Be here, Jay. Yeah, I thought a good starting point, Howard, would be for you to share with all of us what your favorite trait is about yourself. Hmm. My favorite trait, I would say creating a sense of family. Sense of family. Love that. Yeah. So what I found is um, over the decades that the vector of differentiation is the emotion and the passion that comes when in a business environment you create a sense of family. Uh, it's, it allows people to come together. It creates a trusting environment. Uh, they trust each other. They look out for each other. All of the things that a family does, and if you can recreate that sense of family in a business environment, which I am blessed to have done, it makes that the trait that I'm that I most admire of myself. Mm, beautiful. Well, let's let's tug on that one a little bit since you brought it up. You know, I think of the word culture as you are are articulating that to us all. What? From your experience, what is the most significant challenge that you faced when it comes to building that sense of family from a corporate perspective? Actually, I haven't found much of a challenge in building it. I have found a strong receptivity, Jay, um, in people responding to it. And I've had the chance to do it across the country and across the world. So I've even tested it in places like Shanghai and where you would not have expected that we got that type of response. So the, the challenge is really staying on it, regardless of the short-term mentality of corporate America, because family is a long horizon. Absolutely. So, you know, the challenge isn't within the family or the challenge isn't within the organization that you lead. The challenge is blocking out the external factors that try to pull that apart. Well, that's a, that's a big one because we all face that both mm -hmm. personally and professionally. So I want to speak to leadership for a couple moments because just in the conversations that we've had in the past and knowing your background, you know, you're such – you have such a strength of, of character, such a strength when it comes to your leadership skills and abilities. Talk to us for a moment 
about self-leadership. When you hear the word self-leadership, what, what does that mean to you? I don't hear it often, <laughs> truthfully. Um, I think what we hear is leadership and what does it mean to be a leader and how do you define it and those types of things. Uh, that's an interesting twist that you've done with regards to self-leadership. Um, and it says, do you apply those same characteristics to yourself? Um, and is that then become manifested in how you project to others? And, you know, for me, I always say you lead better when you lead without fingerprints, uh, which means at the end they will say it as we ourselves who have done it. And so it's not really about self-leadership. It's about pulling myself back and letting others lead, uh, letting others achieve and, and, and feel ownership for our collective achievement. So a lot of times I think people think leadership is being our front because the word just connotates that. Um, and I'm saying to you, I don't agree with that. I believe leadership is stepping back and letting others step to the front. Yeah, I, I love that. That's a great way of looking at it. Let me rephrase my question a bit then based on what you just said. So when I think of the most effective leaders that I know and that I've been blessed to be around, I find that they are amazing at leading themselves, meaning that as an example, that they practice self-care, that they are constantly looking at personal and professional improvement. They're challenging themselves on a regular basis. The way they show up for themselves, for their families, for the community, for the, the rest of the world. What are some of the things that you do personally from a, if we were to use the word self-leadership, what are some of the things that you do to show up as your best, best self? Maybe some daily practices and things that you can share with our audience. Sure. So one of the things I try to do is to stay on top of what's happening. So, Jay, what I believe is that if you're not growing, you're dying. And if you're standing still, you're falling behind. So it's really about how do you not just adapt to change but foster change? How do you create in yourself the desire to be a different person tomorrow than I was today. I don't think that's self-leadership, however, though I see with the way you ex describe that, I can see how you're characterizing it. I think it's definitely self-improvement and bettering yourself. And that should apply uh, and should be a marker for others, i.e. somebody sees that and they follow it. They see it and they say, I want to be like that. So is that leading? Yes. But did you do it to lead? No. You did it to be better, no matter what your role is. And so we all have multiple roles. As you said, I'm a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, a husband, an uncle. And in all of those, I want to be better. And I want to be the best. Now, what is the best? You know, to me... It is doing the best that can be done. I often hear people have people say to me, well, this was the best I could do. 
And in a business environment, Jay, my response is, what's that got to do with anything? Um, that's not how we're going to grow this organization. We have to learn to be the best that can be done. And that means we've got a benchmark. So if I just take any role that I described, if I take the father role, then I want to look at others who are fathers and say, hmm, I like this characteristic of this person. Um, There's a good friend of mine who passed uh, last year, and he uh, had a knack for very seldom talking, but all the time listening and asking questions. And when I spoke at his service, I said, has anybody here ever been asked questions about, and you know, his name, uh, where he just asked you, what's happening in your life? And, and you, of course, two-thirds of the people at the service, at the memorial service, raised their hand because that's who he was. And that's the type of person, that's a characteristic that I want to emulate because it isn't about talking and talking. It's really about listening and understanding. Seeking first to understand, to be understood. Mm-hmm. I love that. So one of the things that you said when I asked you the question is uh, – when I asked the question about self-leadership, mm-hmm. you had mentioned that you want to and you have a, uh, a desire to stay on top of what's going on, to mm-hmm. stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And you, you also mentioned about – self-improvement and being better than I was yesterday, let's say. So give us an example then. I'm going to go back to to what I asked. Give us an example of what you're specifically doing, you, Howard Holly, that you do to improve on yourself. What are some specific things? Give us one or two examples that we can all learn from. I'm not sure you can learn from it, but I can give you one or two examples so uh, one of the things I've learned, again, over all of these decades is how to acquire knowledge. And we all have a different way we do it. Some people do it by uh, talking. Some people do it by listening. Some people do it by reading. Um, some people do it by networking. There are so many ways. And so I'm supportive, and I try to emulate all of those. So I, every day I get up in the morning, and I have – three newspapers uh, I'm reading. And I've been doing that since I was probably 20 years old. And I'm not going to tell you how old I am now. (laughs) But, um, you know, that is just one of the ways that I acquire. And I don't just read the business section. I know this is about business minds. Uh, But I will tell you that I have found uh, sports and athletics and the competitiveness of that to be something that keeps me motivated and that I learn from. It is so amazing how athletes, whether it's the uh, national women's team that's competing right now for the World Cup and the lessons from them and their struggles and how they've overcome that or the changes with the Jets with Aaron Rodgers there and what does that mean and how are they adapting to that. So, And competition isn't just in sports, as you know, uh, Jay. Competition is in life. And so I'm a big believer in learning how to compete. And I think that's a good quality for all humans to have. It doesn't mean to fight. It means to compete. When I compete with you, there's nothing bad about that. 
Okay. Um, I just said to someone the other day, and they said, well, you know, somebody's coming into the market. And I said, that's okay. Competition is good. It makes us better. Absolutely. So one of the things that you mentioned a couple moments ago was the being a better listener, mm-hmm. asking good questions, mm-hmm. and seeking to understand as opposed to being understood – so as I think about questions, you know, the quality of our questions mm-hmm. can change the quality of our life. So what are one or two big questions that you're contemplating or asking yourself today? Hmm. So that's a good question. At this stage, we're in the process of trying to re reinvent the flywheel, Jay. So we started... You mentioned Evolve Magazine. I started this business as a consulting and marketing business. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, somebody ask, asks you if you can do something, and the answer is always yes. Yes, exactly correct. And so you end up in businesses and branches of your business that you really hadn't anticipated. Doors open. And that's how we ended up in the publishing business. We were helping clients solve problems. And my forte is in strategic communications. And so in doing that, it led us to publishing Evolve Magazine. And at first, I thought it was trying to shine a light on business success and go back to this listening and and learning. So I talked to uh, Mike Panaggio, John Guthrie, and I talked to Mike Panaggio at DME. And, and he said, Howard, why do you say this is shining a light on business success? I said, because we're a business publication. And he said, but why? What do you mean? So I'm giving you an example of how he challenged something, and rather than my trying to defend a position, I tried to understand why he was challenging it. And he said, I just had a guy uh, from the NBA here. He just signed a big contract, an um, African guy who played here in the U.S. college. And I was talking to him about how he's going to be successful not just in the NBA, but post his playing time. He said, how is that conversation any different than what you're trying to provide entrepreneurs and other business people with regards to success? And it was an epiphany. And so if you look today on our magazine, it will say Evolve, shining a light on success. And so it really is about discovery. So it's always trying to ask yourself the question, how can I be better? And to go back to your question, I did kind of do a a circuitous route here, but to go back to your question of what are we doing today, what are the questions I'm asking myself, it's how can we bring content to our audience? That's really the key. And and if we do that, yeah, we'll, you know, have some – partners and we'll do advertising and and those things. But at the end of the day, the goal is to bring value. Absolutely. Speaking of bringing value, Howard, we're going to take a very brief break to thank our incredible sponsors. You're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. We're having a fantastic conversation and we will be right back. The 
there's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. Let your local farmer's insurance agent, Michael Zeef, put his experience to work for you. Michael Zeef proudly serves Flagler County families and businesses and is ready to review your existing policies or provide a no-obligation quote today. Call Michael Zeef at 386-276-9130 to get smarter about your insurance. Again, that's Michael Zeef at 386-276-9130. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Looking for a trusted advisor to help you buy or sell real estate? Look no further than Jack Corbett at Coldwell Banker Premier Properties. With over 20 years of experience in real estate, Jack is an award-winning top producer ready to help you achieve your real estate goals. First-time home buyer or a seasoned investor? Jack has the expertise and knowledge to guide you through the process. Call 386-569-1872 and take the next step in your real estate journey. That's 386-569-1872. Got bugs? No one likes bugs. I'm Brad with Eagle Pest Solutions. Get rid of and prevent bugs with Eagle Pest Solutions. Human and pet safe annual treatments. If the bugs come back, so do we for free for one year from treatment. Your Flagler County locally owned and veteran owned pest control solution. Safer, better, and less intrusive. Roaches, ants, or spiders? Call today. Eagle Pest Solutions, 386-445-7414. That's 386-445-7414. All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat. And I am in the studio today with my very special guest, Howard Holly, And we're having such a great conversation. (laughs) Howard is just such a brilliant human being and I learn from him every time I have a conversation. So we've been talking about business, we've been talking about leadership, we've mm-hmm. been talking about listening skills and culture, all kinds of uh of very interesting topics and I'd I'd love it Howard if you would share with us what is a personal philosophy or values that guide you, your decisions, and guide your life, personal philosophies and or values? Sure. I don't think uh, your personal philosophies and values are any different than your professional philosophy and values, okay? Um, And in fact, that's uh, good news and bad news (laughs) because there are some people who might lack them and be in a leadership position and it comes through, Um, and then there are people who have them and they come through. So for me, I really base every organization that I lead on creating an organization where the people in the organization share the same values. Now, when you're in a big company like Xerox, that's often challenging to do because you're taking over organizations often. And so people are already there, and they may not share your values. But I try to be very clear about what they are and that their best path to success within this organization is being in alignment with them. So you'll observe over time what mine are. I'm going to articulate them. I'm going to be very constant about them. And in our one-on-ones, if they're on my leadership team, then 
um, am I seeing them in you? And if not, then what's the best path for you? Where should you be? It's the old uh, having the right people on the bus. That's just a big way to capture it. But there's a lot of work that has to go in to do that. And so that becomes the foundation. That becomes the, the set of values that builds trust. Then the second level is now organizational uh, behavior. In other words, it doesn't make any difference what I say if I don't build an organization that reflects that behavior, that expectation. And as I said, we're, we're not going to build it. I'm not going to build it. We're going to build it. And so then we focus on those organizational behaviors that are critically important. And then once we have those, now we're going to build the right type of infrastructure that ultimately is client-focused. And that means that our, it's very clear that our people are the pathways to our success, that trust and trustworthiness are critical components of it, that feedback is the breakfast of champions, and it's how we know whether we're running fast enough or climbing high enough. Um, and then I'm going to be clear to the full organization. So I've built a foundation around personal values. We've now built an organizational behavior. Now we're going to build columns. Consider one of them to be one of leadership, which means clear expectations. There was a fellow who was uh, my uh, ops manager at Xerox. And so that means he was about two or three levels above me at that time. I was a sales manager. His name was uh, Barry Rand. Barry left Xerox to become president of Avis, and he was also uh, in his last role CEO of AARP. And uh, Barry said, you've got to inspect what you expect. Very important words. And so part of your peeling that onion around leadership, Jay, is about leaders being clear of their expectations. And so if we are clear about our expectations, then we have to make sure we're clear about what our goals are and what are we going to do and how are we going to measure our success. We call them nowadays KPIs, key performance indicators. Uh, And that's evolved over time, don't you like that word evolve? So that's really me setting expectations in the organization. What are we going to do? What are we trying to accomplish? How are we going to measure it? And then I turn it over to the organization. And I say, now you tell me what you need. What are the tools you need? What resources do you need? What do I have to put in place for you to achieve the expectations I've established? So understanding that your view, which I share that, that our personal values roll over to our professional values Mm -hmm. because – we bring ourselves into our work, into Absolutely. our careers, into our families. So what are some of the personal values that you have that guide your daily decisions? Mm-hmm. You're no longer working at Xerox, mm-hmm. right? You have built a, a business here locally. And 
what are those values that are core to you, that are core to the way that you show up, that do actually sit at the base of every decision mm-hmm. that you make? So probably the most paramount to me, Jay, is to treat everyone with dignity and respect. I just am intolerant of misbehavior in that regard. When someone treats someone as if they aren't the CEO, (laughs) or they treat them as if they're below them, or they treat them as if they don't deserve dignity, you're talking about flaring. That's the thing that gets me going because I'm passionate. That is the biggest thing to me. Is that, you know, and, and, you know, we, it's part of the Christian values, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So for me, I translate into treat everyone with dignity and respect. I appreciate okay. you sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. So, and there are others, uh, but we don't have enough time. Really, truly, Jay, uh, I didn't get to this point by having one or two principles or one or two Values, So I think those are critical. I want to say one other thing about the columns that I mentioned. I didn't get to the last one because it also has to do with my values. And that's about reward and recognition. Okay? So sometimes people tell people what they want and everything, and they just expect them to do it. And they never give them feedback and appreciation for a job well done. And that is so important. I've seen that happen. I've, I've been in organizations where inside of my own organization. And I see it happen right here. Uh, Barbara, my wife, uh, tells the story about how she was at a grocery store. And she goes and the guy checks out everything. And he never makes eye contact. He takes the change out the cash register. He hands it to her. He never looks at her. And she says, young man, they didn't train you, did that? And she's, and he said, no, ma'am. <laughs> and so what I'm saying is, you know, there is this give and take. When we want people to treat people like I'm saying, you've got to train them to do that in a business environment. That is right? so You have true. to train them in a family, Jay. You have to say to your grandchildren, to your children, look, I I listened to how you were talking to your friend. That's not how you should speak to anyone. I don't care how mad you were. I don't care how disappointed you were. That's not how you communicate. Okay? Absolutely. Unfortunately, we see too many examples of that today. But on the flip side of that, there's opportunities to get better. There's opportunities to improve. We have to want to do the work, and we have to put in the reps. And we have to seek the feedback. We have to seek the feedback, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So, Howard, what is a book, one book, that has had a profound impact on the way that you view the world? Besides the Bible, which I think, is to me the book that does that the most. So if we put our hands on that, then I would say the one that affected me, and, and this is a business mind, so I'm going to give you business uh, mentality here, uh, was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It was just amazing what he accomplished and 
you know, as you know, he took that to seven habits of teens, seven habits of. So it, because what he found was that those seven habits, though he developed it for the business environment, had applicability broadly. I was fortunate enough to have taken a leadership position in one of Xerox's division, and they took the whole leadership team to Park City, Utah, to the Stephen Covey Institute. And so we had a chance to be taught directly by Stephen Covey and his people. And so that book is one that I say to my grandchildren, my children, this is one book you should read. Okay, totally agree with you on that one. Thank you for sharing that. So, Howard, as we wrap up our conversation, I would love it if you would share with us what is the greatest gift that life has given you that you didn't realize at the time? (laughs) My whole life. Jay. I am from Norfolk, Virginia, in the projects there, and there is no way I would expect to have had the career that I had or to be here or to be blessed with the family and the friends and the colleagues that I have. So I tell people, you know, sometimes people say, how are you doing, Jay? And I will say, I'm blessed. And they will look at me like, yeah, right, everybody's blessed. And I go, no, 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 you don't understand. I am truly blessed. There is no reason for me to have lived the life that I've lived. There's nothing that I happened early that I would say I deserve this or this I saw or I saw it coming. No, no, all of this has been God's plan for me. And so I am blessed that he had a plan and that it has evolved into where I am today. Wow. What a beautiful response. Howard, I want to thank you so very much for sharing of your wisdoms, for sharing some insights with our audience today, for for being here and setting a great example in this community of what doing your best work looks like and always looking for ways to improve and to serve others and constantly evolving. And I appreciate you and thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Jay. I was on the uh, air with David on the uh, million dollar uh, food uh, bank he was doing. And he said, let me tell you something. Howard, why don't you tell people about yourself? And I said, David, I don't want to talk about myself. That's not something I do. And so this is very uncomfortable for me. Um, I don't spend this much time talking about me. You asked me here, and so I did, and so I'm glad that you felt it was worthwhile, but it sure did make me uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you don't look uncomfortable. You look fantastic. And for all of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat, and we'll be back next Saturday morning at 8.30. And until then, keep learning and growing, and keep working to reach your potential. Take care, everybody. 